thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, Jesus said, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was, I was sick and you visited me. And I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did, we, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When was it that you were thirsty and we gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. As you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. You see, early this morning, I exchanged my role as a pastor for the position of the least of these. I sat down at the bottom of this hill for what would surmount to hours today. Caught every rain cloud that came in. It was cold. I listened to hundreds of cars pass me today. I watched three police officers, the brave of our community, pass by. I watched motorists pass by. And, and I sat there with my sign, a least of these. And here's what I began to see. What I began to see is that not a whole lot of people saw me. And now, a lot of people saw me. Not a whole lot of people really saw me, cared for me, invited me in, loved me. Now, if you of you stopped by this morning, oh, I'm so grateful that you had stopped by. A uh, couple of you had walked down this big old hill and, and invite me in, and oh, I'm so grateful. Perhaps my... My favorite encounter of the morning was with a young man who goes to church here. As soon as he pulled on campus, he swerved his car off the road. I thought, oh, I'm a little too close to the road. He jumped out of his car. He opened his wallet. And he had no idea who I was, that I was his pastor. And he ran up to me and said, sir. I was homeless for eight years. I know what you're going through. And try to give me some cash. So grateful he stopped by. You know, oftentimes, we see somebody sitting on the road like I was today. A least of these, the designation of Scripture. And we go, you know what? He's, he's nothing more than an alcoholic and an addict. Or maybe the truth is, 
is when it comes to that guy sitting there. He's got some mental health issues. It's somebody else's problem. Or maybe he's just lazy. You know, lazy people get what they deserve. And oftentimes we just drive, we drive by, hey church, I was none of those things. But even if I was, our alcoholics and addicts and those who struggle with mental health, those who are hurting or broken, those who are even lazy, don't, don't they need Jesus? Hey, don't they, don't they need the good news of the gospel? Now, now listen, I'm not trying to kick you in the gut. <laughs> After our last service, I mean, I have people going, I, I feel like a jerk. And that is not what this is all about. I set you up a little bit. I knew I was going to be down there. I knew for this service there was going to be some rain falling out of the sky. A lot of you guys come right on time and you're just doing your best to get up the hill. And that seven miles an hour goes to about 56 up the hill and around the campground. And I set you up a little bit today. So hear me, I, I'm not doing this to make anybody feel bad. That's always the poorest of motivators. And also, hear me, I, I'm not calling us to abandon wisdom and discernment in helping others or enabling the destructive behavior of others or taking unnecessary risks. That's not at all what I'm talking about. Hey, by the way, can I remind you something about kingdom work and the gospel? It always involves risk. Mind you, risk always worth taking, but I'm not calling you to take just these unnecessary risks. I just pray as a church that we would be as concerned for people outside of these walls that we are for those on the inside, that, that we would exist not only for those who are coming, but those who have yet to come in the life of Connect Church. You see, most pastors on this Sunday are preaching on their vision. Now, we've heard a lot about our vision, and, and that is coming. But about six months ago, I felt like the Lord placed this sermon and this event on my heart. And so we have geared towards this Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, to ask the question that, what if, what if you and I really welcomed home the lost and the least of these? What would it look like if this year, instead of this room being filled with just these perfect Christian-looking people, if we really took serious what it was to love and invite the lost and the least of these to fill this room. Listen, I love that you're here. I love that most of you know Christianese and all the right things and all that to say. But I'm going to tell you something. I desire even more the lost and the least of these to fill the empty seats in this room so that Jesus can fill empty hearts. We must exist not only for those who are here, but those who are not here yet. But I want you to hear me. What I did down there today to approach a man like me, and trust me, I tried to hide my girth so that when I held a sign that said, hungry, you would be like, yeah, whatever. Um, 
I tried to hide my identity so that you couldn't tell it was me. We actually spent a lot of time working on that. But I know it's not easy to come up to somebody like me. I love Logan over here. He came up. I saw him walking down the hill. I was like, oh, man. He's walking all the way down the hill in the rain. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, sir, I just, I said, Logan, you're fixing to be the star of my sermon, okay? Thank you. Go back up the hill, right? Thank you for. But you know what he said to me? He said, I just felt like I had to come. I, I could tell it bothered you from the moment you saw me drove up and parked. And it bothered you all the way down the hill until you got to me to reach out and to help. I, I Listen, I know it's not easy. I know it's awkward at times. Uh, Mama, where are you at? I called Mama and asked if I could share this story. Usually I don't ask her. But this is one of my favorite stories. So Mama and I and Aaron, but this was before kids, which I always thought we had kids. But anyway, it was before kids, driving to Turkey Creek. We get off the off-ramp off the interstate. And uh, Mama's sitting right next to me. I think it was in our Tahoe. Now I remember it was our Tahoe. And we're coming off the off-ramp, and there's a light there. And oftentimes, homeless folks will, will set up there with a sign much like I had. Hungry, please help, all that good stuff. Well, I noticed that the light is turning yellow, and it's going to turn red, and it's going to be me stopping right where this guy is standing. And so I know we got some bottled water. I also know we have some snacks in the car. So I rolled down my window. Right at the time that Mama sees this homeless man, and we're fixing to be next to him, and I kid you not, Mama grabs a seat, throws her head back, with clenched teeth goes, lock the doors. Uh, Mama, you all right? Shut the window. Uh, it's okay. It's, I'm just going to give the man some water. And some snacks. Uh, we're all right. And, I mean, she's just sitting there clenched teeth, staring up at the ceiling. And uh, so finally we make it up to the man. And my window's down. I reach out. I said, hey, buddy, here, here's some water, some of the snacks. Here's what we got in the van. Just know that Jesus wanted us to give you this. He loves you. And he sent us out here to take care of some of your needs. I kid you not. As I'm talking to him, my mother unbuckles, comes over here. God bless you, sir. Oh, we love you. Oh, may God bless you. Oh, we part is blessed. Jesus loves you. I'm like, what a conversion. That took place from four seconds ago where you're hugging the seat. And, oh, I love this story, mama. And you know what? Because engaging the least of these is awkward. And it can be scary at times. But it does not mean that it is not worthy, worthy work. Here, let me remind you of kind of the mission statement here at Connect Church. We often say that we're not a museum for people to come and see. We are a movement of God to mobilize His church outside of these walls to take ministry into the marketplace of everyday life. Hey, guess what? That's where the least of these and the lost, that's where they live. And it's my prayers at church that we, we have that heart and that concern. Here in Matthew 25, contextually, we're talking about the final judgment when Jesus separates the sheep and the goats. And what amazes me is what the very actions that designated the sheep were those who cared for the least of these. 
those who loved the lost and cared for the very least of these. Now you say, well, Anthony, who are the least of these? In Matthew 25, guess who he's speaking of? He's speaking of those in the body of Christ. The least of these in the body of Christ. And you say, wait a second, I just thought the least of these were people who were lost and, and outside of the church. No, there's many least of these within the life of our church. They're believers who have need. They're believers who are hurting and, and, and lonely. They're in the throes of depression or addiction. They've messed up and they, and they need a place to come back home to. The least of these who are cared for very little and loved very little. It's believers who are suffering out loud or in silence. Who are crippled with wondering if God could ever use them. Or if God even wants them. Oh, there's plenty of least of these in the life of our church. Here today. And that's who Matthew chapter 25 is, is talking about. I, I remember meeting a least of these in Charlotte several years ago. Before we came and planted Connect Church, I was involved in a ministry called Love Life Charlotte, where some of the CEOs of some fast-growing companies were believers, and they got together, and every Saturday we would go down to the abortion clinic. And I remember days where thousands of people would gather outside the abortion clinics, and they would pray. And together we'd pray for moms and dads as they went in, and as they came out, we prayed for babies. Hey, we prayed for the abortion workers who were there. We were there to offer them jobs with better pay and better benefits if they would just leave that abortion industry. We prayed for the two main abortionist doctors there. And one of the most used, one of the most successful abortion clinics in all the southeast there in a poor neighborhood in Charlotte, we stood and prayed. I remember being invited by the organizers to come to downtown Charlotte one morning in the busiest part of the morning. And there we were doing an open air event where we were praying life over the city. And they invited me to come and to speak and to pray. And man, of course I would do that. And I got to the parking garage just down the road from that site. And uh, as I got out of my, my truck, I was just kind of prepping myself for what was about to happen. It's nothing for me to speak or to preach or, or to pray. Man, I, I, anytime I will stand up from life, stand up for life. But there are a lot of protesters there. There's going to be a lot of ugly things said, a lot of bad things said, things screamed at me that I can't even repeat. So as I got out of my truck, I was kind of prepping for that. Man, Father, help me just to pray through it. Help me just to stand for you and to pray life over this city. Well, as I left the parking garage, I, I walked over and there was a park bench. And there was about a 70-year-old lady laying there. Charlotte has some homeless community. And I'd worked often with them. And, and as I was walking to this event, I was a little bit early. I just kind of bent down, looked over to her and said, hey, ma'am, good morning. And I just kind of kept walking. And she said, good morning, man of God. And I stopped and I went, how do you know if I'm a man of God or not? She said, well, are you? I said, well, I like to think I am. She said, you're a man of God. I asked her name, and I talked with her for a moment, and, and I noticed there was a little kind of like those hot dog carts down, just right down the road, and I went and got me and her hot dog, and we sat down. I said, just uh, 
What's your story? She shared this incredible story. She was a believer. She loved Jesus. She had had a, a kind of hard upbringing being a young black girl in, in the South. And she shared that entire story. And then her husband and her children. And, and then she talked about her husband gone and her children gone. And it was just her and she had nothing. And she'd lost her mind. And she didn't know what to do. And I just sat and listened to her story. We had lunch together real quick. And here's what amazed me. In just a few moments from that encounter with the least of these, I would stand in Charlotte's downtown area, and I would pray life as many women and some men would scream at me, you hate women. You have a war on women. You hate women. I heard that the entire time I prayed, and they said it not as nice as that. But I watched every one of them who cared to love women walk past that woman who laid on that park bench, who had no home, no food, no anything. I watch those who claim to love women more than anybody else does care little for the least of these. That was a woman. Nonetheless, the zero care they have for the least of these in the world. I remember thinking how precious this lady must be to the Lord. A believer who found herself in the position of a least of these. You know, the designation of, of least of these here in Matthew chapter 25 isn't necessarily a judgment on people through the eyes of God. Rather, it is a designation for those who are unseen, who go uncared for and go unloved by those of us who are in Christ. You see, that is the least of these. Consider what James 2, as James writes in verse 15, he says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If any one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Verse 17, in the same, in the same way, faith by itself, gosh, I can imagine him writing this and preaching this, accompanied, accompanied, he'd write, It's not accompanied by action. Your faith is dead. Your faith is dead. You see, we see this calling to love, this command of Christ to love the least of these, but it is not just limited to those inside the church. Rather, reaching the least of these and the lost is as much a calling outside the walls as it is on the inside. It's a part of us as believers taking serious God's mission to save the world and being a part of what he's doing. You see, we find this outline in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, Paul writes, if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good, watch this, to everyone, and especially those who are the household of faith. Galatians chapter 6 carries with it the heart of Matthew chapter 25 while widening the scope of its impact to include all people, especially the lost and the least of these. You know what's amazing? Meeting the physical needs of people not only opens the door, but it opens their hearts to hearing how Jesus 
can meet their greatest and their deepest needs in their lives. If we show love and care. For the least of these, it was about a year ago, we were doing an event here at the church. And um, in my line of work, you see a lot of this. Uh, but we had a, a guy show, kind of a young man, mid-20s. Uh, he had a dog. You could tell he was homeless. It was a cold day, and he had no shoes on. And he kind of walked through everything, didn't say anything to anybody, and, and it was unnerving to say the best. And so it was, it was a little uncomfortable, but he kind of walked through all we were doing and just walked away. Well, later that night, a couple of my, my ladies who are church members were down here at the coffee shop, and just a couple of ladies were working at the coffee shop, and he had come in there, and she saw him earlier in the day, and she called me and said, hey, Pastor Anthony, we're nervous. What should we do? I said, well, if you're nervous, I said, call the police. They do really well at this. They do really good, especially our brave men and women here in Sevier County. I said, just call them to come over and just do a welfare check. I said, you know what? I'll be right there. And so I got my shoes on and jacket and went out in that cold February night. And I drove up and the police were already there. And they were doing such a great job talking with this man who you could tell was troubled mentally. And so I got there and I'm standing. I kind of just interrupt the situation. I know the officer. And, and I just meant, how are you? Checking in on him. I'm a pastor. And we, we love you. Just praying for you, that kind of deal. And as I'm talking, I notice he doesn't have shoes. It's raining. It's freezing cold. And I feel the Holy Spirit just come all over me and say, give him his shoes. I'm like, no. Buddy, how are you? What can we do to help you? And, uh, and so I'm standing there with the officers, and we're just, they're going back and forth. And uh, he was very kind. And, uh, again, I just give him your shoes. I thought, huh. I, listen, this guy's probably a nine. I'm a 14. How's this even going to work? And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw out a fleece here. If he's anywhere near my foot size. I'll give him a shoe, but he ain't going to be. Hey, buddy, what size shoe do you wear? 13. Okay. So I'm standing there, police officer's dog. I'm like, man. I love them brand new kicks. I love them. So I took off my shoes. I stood in a puddle for a while, and I handed him my shoes. Man, how his face lit up. Was he an alcoholic or an addict? I don't know. Mental health issues, like maybe. Yeah, I could see some of that on him. But you know what I was really doing last February? I was putting shoes on Jesus. I remember right before I took my shoes off in the cold and started getting some wet feet, I, I remember going, I love Matthew 25. Jesus, I'm putting these shoes on you. I put them on you. You just put on, you put the shoes on Jesus, it was over. You know, oftentimes in this great commission work that we are, that we are called to, this, this command of Christ to love uh, the lost and to reach the least of these, man, at best it seems crazy, it seems dangerous, and we have a thousand excuses why not to. Can I tell you what I'm convinced of the child of God? The child of God only needs one reason to do it. And that's because we love Jesus. You know what that means? No matter how crazy and awkward if he leads you, you put shoes on him and you love him. You clothe Jesus and you love him. 
you feed Jesus anyway, and you, you give him something to drink, and, and you visit Jesus in prison anyway, and you invite him in anyway. Put shoes on his feet. In the first service, Bill Patel started walking down the hill towards me this morning. And he got really close to me, had no idea who I was. And he said, hey, hey, partner, just coming down and checking on you, invite you in for some coffee. And it was a little bit raining at that time. And, and I looked up and said, Bill, you're fixing to be the star of my sermon, man. Go on back that hill. Oh, he said, no, listen, it wasn't me. Your sister-in-law, Meredith, she forced me to come out here. I was like, that is awesome. Because I'm going to tell you something. We didn't tell our families, except for Aaron, she knew. But we didn't tell our families. And so my sister-in-law found a guy in the church. said, you get down there and you check on that guy. Can I tell you what Aaron would do if she drove up? She would drive up in the parking lot, come find me, go, Anthony, there's a man who's hungry down there. You go and you feed him, right? Like some of us are really good at delegating ministry out. I love it. But you feed him anyways. You feed him anyways. You say, Anthony, why, uh, why kick us in the gut today? We have a wonderful vision, and I'll update you on next week. And God has been so good. We're going to build a building one day, and hopefully soon enough we'll buy land. And but I'm going to tell you, all of that is a loss. If this room isn't filled with the least of these and the lost that you've loved and invited in. I have no stomach to exist in a brand new space or in this space with only Christians. And there's a world filled with lost and the least of these. Now, next Sunday, I'm not telling you somebody's going to be sitting down there. And if you probably see them, probably all of you will stop and help them. So if you know any homeless, send them next Sunday right there. But you know what I am saying? That you're going to leave this place and you are going to encounter so many who don't have signs that they hold. Who don't sit on little five-gallon buckets like I did. By the way. The toughest job of the day was that five-gallon bucket. Um, you're you're going you're gonna to run into the lost and the least of these. And the question is, are you going to love Jesus enough to love them, to invite them in? Now, again, don't abandon wisdom and discernment. Don't go unnecessary risk. But are you going to love the lost and the least of these? So, Anthony, what do we do with today? What, what kind of challenge do you have? Here's the first one. You ready? Number one, how do we love the lost and the least of these? Number one, we open our heart. So many of have our hearts closed. We care just so much about what's going on with us. We have so many excuses on why that guy's sitting at the bottom of the hill. And I just ask you just to open your heart. Open your heart to the, to the command, the great commission, the command of the great commission, which tells us to go. To baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To teach them everything that He's commanded us with His promised presence. To open our hearts to this command of Christ to love the least of these. Hey, in 2022, would you just open your heart to people who don't look like you or not in the same position of life you're in? Here's number two. 
would you open your eyes? Would you open your eyes to see people, not just in the position that they are in, but to see people as Jesus sees people and to love them there? Because we are reminded very quickly in this sermon of the least of these that at some point in our life, all of us have been the least of these. And Jesus cared and loved us, reached out to us. But not only open your eyes, and not only open your heart, but you open the door to love and to serve and to welcome the lost and the least of these. Sometimes we're like this, if, if only God's voice would tell me to do this. Hey, why do you need his voice when he's given us verses that have commanded us to the least of these? Well, if God would only open the door. Nonsense. You open the door. And love the least of these by opening your heart, by opening your eyes, and opening the door to love, serve, and welcome them in. You know, Aaron and I, we have packed some, uh, we call them homeless pack, probably terribly named, but a Ziploc bag, $10 McDonald's gift card, some socks, man, probably about 15 other items. Some food items, a bottle of water. Pack it down in there. What would he got, Aaron? A brush and a mirror and some lip balm or whatever it's just called. Toothbrush and toothpaste. And just pack it full. Keep it in our vehicles. And you know what? Just so, just in case I run into somebody like me, I could go, hey, man, we packed this for you. But know this. And don't discredit the fact that Jesus sent me to you today to meet a need in your life. And can I tell you how much he loves you? That's, that's how easy it is to open your heart and to open your eyes and to open the door to minister to those who are lost in the least of these. I'll close with this. Um, a few Thanksgivings ago, we, uh, we were driving down to Alabama. A lot of times we drive down to Alabama on Thanksgiving Day. And the only places that are open are Cracker Barrel, which you cannot get into, and McDonald's in gas stations. So we spent Thanksgiving a few years ago in McDonald's at a gas station with our entire family. And we're driving in this big old van, and, and we get in the McDonald's. All the kids have to use the bathroom. Everybody's just got to get on there. Da, 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 da. And we finally get to ordering. Well, I notice a, a shopping cart like the one I had. I noticed the guy sitting in there with nothing in front of him. And I'm trying to help get all this food for the kids, get everybody going. And man, then again, that Holy Spirit. Man, buy him lunch. I ain't got time to buy the dude lunch. I need lunch. My kids need lunch. And every excuse in the world. And finally, just buy him lunch. And so kind of told Aaron, I said, give me just a few minutes. I bought my lunch and his. I brought it over to him, sat down with him, said, man, can I? Can I have lunch with you today? Yeah. And so we sat down. We opened up some cheeseburgers and some fries. And, and we sat down and said, Dude, what's your story? How long have you been homeless? And he had talked about for the past couple of years he'd been homeless and, and whatnot. And just kept on with the story. And, uh, man, it was just powerful. It was, it was touching. It seemed pretty real. And I got done eating. He got done eating. I said, buddy, listen. I want you to know how much God loves you, that he sent a pastor from Tennessee to a gas station in Alabama 
to sit down and to buy you lunch to let you know he loves you. And he took crying. He said, man, can I share with you some really good stuff? He said, yeah, I shared the gospel with him there in that Love's McDonald's combination place sitting there at the table. And by the end of our conversation, he had placed his faith and trust in Jesus. Now, I've shared a lot of stories about me engaging the least of these. And no way to brag, but just to know that you can too. You can too. And we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we just going to continue 2022 looking at people that look just like us? In the same position as us? Or are we going to love and care for the lost and the least of these? Let's pray together, can we? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.